of young heroes called The Animorphs. Hello and welcome to Middle Morph Millennials, the podcast that I started to force my friends to read Animorphs and yell at them about the beauty of Andalites running across an open field. My name is Morgan. And my name is Kate. And my name is JJ. <laughs> I thought you were going to change your name to Subvisor Jason. A uh, Subvisor. My name is Su- my name is Visor JJ 946725. <laughs> <laughs> I think we do see Yerks later that do have five digits. Um maybe, I don't know. Mostly they have two or, th- or three or four, but you know, you're in a new generation of Yerk. Yeah, generation millennial <laughs> Yerk. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're doing part two of the Hork-Bajir Chronicles, the best, I, I say the best Chronicles book. They're all tied for first in my eyes. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> we'll you, see. I okay, love then. All of them in equal parts. I like, guess for different we, reasons. We don't have frame of reference, but we will yes. we'll, we will judge once we finish uh, reading so up all the rest hype. of the Chronicles. <laughs> yeah. We, there's... There's the Andalite Chronicles. There's the Hork-Bajir Chronicles. What other chronicles are there? Andalite, Hork-Bajir, Elemis, Elemis, which okay. you guys are stoked about. And then one that's just called Vizzer, but I put it in the kind of Chronicles category. It's kind of like the Yurk Chronicles. Hmm. Okay. We're on chapter 13, which is the Dakami chapter. Um, So far, Aldrea has befriended a Hork-Bajir seer who's not like other girls. <laughs> They're both not like other girls. And neither the is Eslin. Eslin Every- is not like other girls either. Everybody <laughs> yes. is not like other girls. I just, I really thought that was. So I pointed out to my husband, Aldrea says that in her chapter. And then I, when Dax says it, I pointed it out to him. And then I read Esplin's chapter and couldn't stop cackling <laughs> <laughs> about it. Like they're all not like other girls. Um, but. The Yurks have arrived on the Hork-Bajir homeworld and destroyed the camp that Aldrea's family was in. So now she is the only remaining Andalite on the Hork-Bajir homeworld. And her and Dak are running away. Yeah, that's uh, the chase is on. It is not looking good. So we are on chapter 13, narrated by Dak Me. If you listened to last episode, you know that there are three different narrators in this book, and this book is kind of heavy duty, so we're actually splitting it up into three parts, and now we're on the second one. And uh, Dak Me is the hork that Andrea has made contact with and became very good friends. And so, at this point, Dak was reeling from what he has seen. He knew of the Andalites and the galaxy beyond his planet, but Aldrea was not had not told him of weapons, of war, or of yurks. Dak knew of monsters who lived in Father Deep. They sometimes took wandering hork who went down the valley too far. But he also knew that once a monster attacks, hork better run and retreat, lest another monster comes, attracted by the commotion. Yurks might be like that. They might attack again. Dak went and grabbed Aldrea's arm and pulled her away from the carnage. He realized he had to warn his people, but then he knew that they would only look to him to tell him what to do. He was their seer, but he didn't know what to do now. He stopped running in his realization. Aldrea stopped too. Just then hork two of them, came running towards them. Do not fear, brother, Dak said to them. Oh, we're not afraid, one of them said to Dak. His tone was strange, different. He walked straight towards him. As he drew close, Dak realized he did not know this hork was he from one of the other tribes in the valley? Then slash. The, the hork struck Dak with his wrist blade. He was cut in the chest. He could see blood. 
he could see that the skin was separated, and though a large mouth has been cut into his chest, and it caused pain. Why, why did you... Slash, slash. Dak was cut down, and he didn't understand why. Forget him. Get the Andalite, the other hork yelled. The second hork left at Aldrea. She was slicing the air with a hit. He was slicing the air with his blades, whirling and slicing as if doing a sky dance. Dak, fight back, Aldrea said. These aren't real hork What? Dak asked. Fight them, she yelled as she combated the hork with her tail blade. All Dak could do was stare. He was bleeding. He was cut in many places. He felt pain. But more, he felt confused. How is it possible for a hork to cut him with his blades? It was not an accident like sometimes that happens when they're harvesting bark. They were not harvesting bark. This hork had cut him. Deliberately. Why? The two hork cornered Aldrea. Dak looked down his old blades as if he was looking at them for the first time. He felt a terrible feeling. He felt power. Dak, help me! Aldrea had cried. And Dak jumped and sliced the back of the nearest hork He went limped and fell. The other hork backed away from him. Karga, you coward! The crippled Bajir cried. Dak stared at his wrist blade. It dripped with blood. Geds! Aldrea yelled. And two staggering small monsters, Geds, were running oddly towards them. She shouted and they had to run. But before they did, Aldrea bent her upper body, bringing her face very close to the wounded hork on the ground. Whatever your name is, Yerk, go tell your masters. First, your treason destroyed my father, and then you murdered him and my entire family. But you will not have this planet. We are the Andalites, you parasitic worm. We'll see you all dead, you and your entire filthy race. Tell your masters that. The daughter of Sierra will show you the other side of the Andalite character, she said to him. And then they ran. And now we're on chapter 14, a really perky chapter to, like, you know, start the ball rolling and go. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're getting through this. And I feel like this chapter, I'm glad they took a lot of time when Dak is like, Oh, you can use blades to cut people on purpose? <laughs> yeah, like no, I no, they we, took we, a lot of time with that cuz it shows that even though he is a seer who understands more than the average Hork-Bajir, yeah. They don't know violence. Still, yeah, he still didn't understand violence. Just so sweet. Not only like Aldrea chose not to tell him about violence. Yeah, well it hadn't come up at this point, but yeah, no he 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 was told of wars but he never experienced or no knew like conflict within that that range like yeah. only accidents have happened within his lifetime every now and again with a corporate pusher accidentally cutting another one of which i kind of want to go with this book does not go into like um book 13 uh where the the hork we met on earth that the animorphs were rescuing they actually could heal really quickly we aren't told of how quickly they can heal so far within this book, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dak gets cut um, by this hork um A controller. Yeah, by this controller. But, you know, and he's still able to run and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of, like, assumed. It's not said in the text, but it's mm-hmm. assumed, like, they heal pretty quickly because it's talked about in the other books, but it's just not mentioned in this one how quickly oh. hork heal. We'll find. Which makes sense, because they have blades. And we'll find some injuries may not heal as quickly <laughs> as you'd think. Some, maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they can survive their their thick, fat paper cuts, but uh, anything deeper than that or anything <laughs> anything resembling tis but a scratch from Monty Python, they don't necessarily <laughs> heal from. Yeah. Um, so we cut to Aldrea, who's in shock still that her family is dead. 
but they have to run. So as Dak and Aldrea easily escape the Geds because, you know, it's a slope. And although you'd think if their one leg was longer than the other, they would easily run on a slope because that compensates because their legs are uneven. Um, but Dak asks Aldrea to tell her, tell him about the Yerks. She tells him that they are parasites and also tells them what happened between her father and the Yerks. She accidentally almost says that her father was interested in the Yerks for their intelligence, but stops herself, not wanting to insult Dak. However, he guesses what she was going to say and says, You knew the Yerks to be highly intelligent. Unlike Horkbashir, you were interested in them for your intelligence, and you feared them for the same reason. It is why your father and mother had no real interest in us. We are a stupid species. Aldrea says, intelligence isn't everything. My father is, was, brilliant. But the Yerks tricked my father. He taught them about the world beyond their planet. He taught them about written language, about the very concept of manipulating matter, tool making, tool making, sight, art, everything. He trusted them. He thought they were grateful. He thought that they would be content. Dax says, your father made a mistake. The Yerks were content. But by showing them all that they did not have, they began to want more. They wanted to be like you, like Andalites. Aldrea is amazed that Dak gets to the point so quickly, but then realizes that is because Dak feels the same way. He's jealous of the knowledge that the Andalites have. Yeah, this definitely goes back to how perceptive Dak really is over Aldrea. He sees things. He is. Very insightful. (laughs) Yeah. And this is another theme, too, of the whole series is like, intelligence isn't everything i mean i feel like it, it, again i think types. there's a gradation in a scope of intelligence it's not like a linear thing uh within the different species that were introduced within the series in this galaxy like yes andalites are intelligent to an extent and are advanced in a lot of ways but they're not so advanced to be above it all as much as they think yeah. they would be mm-hmm. and there are different Not that there are different types of intelligence, but that everybody has a value in different ways. Like, even if um, Rachel, for example, isn't a huge strategist, she still has value in the way that she does things, which is kind of a dark point of the series, obviously, her violence, but it needs to be done. So it's kind of, um, and I get more into that in my notes later, but basically that just because you're not smart doesn't mean you don't have value. So in this series, do you think by the end of it all... Is a Ged just going to win everything at this point? Kill all the Yerks? Because <laughs> the they Geds really, rise up. really need to have the, they would have the ultimate revenge story. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we can maybe talk more about that after book 26, because there's a little <laughs> bit happens with that. Uh, that's my favorite book. Um, in case y'all are wondering, 26 is my favorite. And not just because it's a tiger, and I really like tigers when I was a kid. Oh, I hear some Visor 3 simpatico stuff going on right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, the Geds are kind of evolved parallel with the Yerks, which means that they are kind of symbiotes almost. Um, almost, not quite, but the Geds don't really have their own um They don't get their own storyline. <laughs> no, there's no Ged, <laughs> Ged Chronicles. <laughs> um, so then they have a conversation about how... The Yerks are here to take the Horkbajir as hosts, and Dak says that even if I tell my people about this, they won't understand. They won't be able to fight back. And Aldrea says, maybe not. You are the seer. You were born to teach your people a new thing. Maybe you were born to teach your people to fight. Maybe your purpose is to teach Horkbajir to kill Yerks. And Dak's like, man, I had hoped it was music or art or some shit, <laughs> but I guess... Um, 
Maybe I was a fool to think that knowledge would make my people happy. Eldrea says, there will be a time to think about all that after we find a way to annihil annihilate the Yerks. We can save your people if they will learn to fight. They don't have to be destroyed. Yes, they do, Dax says quietly. Either they will learn to fight and hurt and kill, or they will lear learn to be slaves. Both will destroy them. Killers are slaves. They will... They will be one or the other, killers or slaves. Aldrea insists it's better to be a killer than a slave, but Dak is disappointed in her ruthlessness. Their awkward moment is interrupted by a tree exploding near them. <laughs> this conversation is over. Narrative yeah, <laughs> needs the, to go on. Like, they, 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 they remember they're being chased. <laughs> cute, oh, yeah. cute awkward anime laughter. <laughs> Explosive tree. Yeah. Aldrea screams to Dak to run, but he knows that as soon as the fighters are called in, there will be nowhere to run. Uh, but... But she knows that as soon as the fighters are called in, there will be nowhere to run. We must go to Father Deep, Dax said. Altrea asks if they can survive down there, but he points out that they'll die if they stay up there. So they run down into Father Deep. Chapter 15 is also Altrea. They're running. They're running. They're, they're running. Run, run, run. <laughs> <laughs> they are saved by the fact that the York fighters aren't sure the best way to position themselves in order to chase the pair of them through the trees. Um, again, Yurks haven't really figured out strategy or spatial awareness yet. And Eldrea doesn't have time to morph, so even though her muscles are screaming at her, they just have to keep running. They eventually run into a small group of Hork-Bajir. Dak tells them to run away, but it's too late. Three of them are killed by the shredder beam from the pursuing fighter. Just saying, Andrea should have uh, acquired a Hork-Bajir by this point. It would have been a lot more right? helpful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What the hell? Um, also, well, okay. I uh, add that to my notes for later. When she does acquire a Hork-Bajir, she doesn't ask for permission. No. Because it's not a big deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's still meant to show the difference between her and Cassie. Or, you know, anyway, whatever. Run away. Tell everyone to hide, Dax screamed. I have to help them. Show them, he said to me. He said to Aldrea. It's us the Yerks want, I said. If we stay with these people, they'll be in greater danger. Aldrea, however, knows that this is a lie. The Yerks really only want Aldrea. They don't know that Dak is a seer and that he's special. They just think he's a regular hork -Bajir. Suddenly, they reach a cliff and Aldrea jumps into it. The end of that The chapter. end. <laughs> the end of the book. No, really, we have a lot to go. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, so this is back to Dak's point of view. In their hork stories, Father Deep is where the monsters live. No hork has entered Father Deep and lived to tell the tale. Aldrea deduced even with the thick blue mist that they were in, the atmosphere must still be breathable to them, even though the composition of gases probably was different. They could not see or hear much beyond each other through the thick, glowing blue mist. It was like a glowing blue fog. Dak was on alert for any monster to come and grab them. Aged approached through the mist and tried to fire his shredder. Aldrea grabbed Dak's arm. The atmosphere was too dense for the shredder to actually fire correctly here. It got flashback and reflected back on the Ged. Dak and Aldrea kept going deeper into the valley, into the mist and away from their pursuers. Then they came to this parting in the mist where it cleared just a little bit and then they saw two Geds and the remaining hork unfortunately standing there. The hork controller warned the Geds not to fire unless they were close to Dak and Aldrea. Dak tried to dodge them like Aldrea did, but quickly found the hork controller was on top of him, gun to his temple. Then the controller was yanked off his feet. Dak saw two massive three-fingered hands of the Jibba-Jibba coming out of the fog wrapped around the controller. Then a body fell beside Dak, a body with no head. The Jibba-Jibba went after now the scrambling Geds, and then Dak grabbed a fallen shredder just as the Jibba-Jibba tried to grab him. 
Aldrea's tail just then splashed once, twice, three times, and a huge three-fingered hand fell to the ground. The monster howled in pain in the fog. Aldrea grabbed Dak and they ran. They ran for it. He dropped the shredder, though, not wanting to hold it anymore. For the first time, a monster of Father Deep was defeated. Come on, man. Keep the shredder, uh, my dude. I, know. <laughs> I get I mean, it. Morgan's violence like, is new right. to you. But... And Morgan's answer for everything. Always keep the, sh- <laughs> keep the dragon Always beam. Keep, keep the, shredder. the shredder. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Cassie can keep it. No, what? You know, in the main series. Um, you guys ever seen The Mist? Yes. The Stephen King movie? The Mist a lot. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. I can't do horror. <laughs> no, no. That's not for you. Especially the bug there is a bug part, but yeah, oh, it's no. like creatures reaching out of the mist. Uh-uh, uh-uh. The bug part, <laughs> the clawed tentacles. Oh god, yeah, yeah. Good. good movie if you like action horror. Um, yeah, and it, it's very Resident Evil, which I've been obsessed with lately. So. And a very dark ending. That ending was yeah. like fuck. Didn't get written by K. Applegate. Because Stephen King didn't write that ending, he wrote a more hopeful ending, <laughs> and they changed it for the movie. Um. Anyway, okay, so we're back to Aldrea. Okay. There's our recommendation for the day. Um, we're back to Aldrea, and the two of them are frantically trying to come up with their next steps. Aldrea is afraid that Dak will leave her, so she tells him that they should steal a ship to go to space, because she knows that it's the thing that Dak wants most in the world. However, Dak being super insightful now knows that she's trying to bribe him and calls her out saying she didn't have to try to tempt him to get him to stay with her because he would have stayed with her anyway oh boo you know a lot damn of, just cut her off at the legs <laughs> well like a lot of the middle yeah. part of this book is like like you see sort of the ugly side of the andalites which is also yeah. Still, yeah. which is also still very human you know like she's she's like her parents lit her family literally just died in front of her face like maybe hours ago i mean there's there's ugly parts of the andalites like yeah that hubris and stuff but then also i think also some of that's just the character of aldrea like she's she's changed she's ruthless at this point yeah she wants revenge she's very similar to rachel i feel like yes very Mm -hmm. very similar rachel character but a a bit more cunning in terms of getting to a means to an end um but the fact that dak is so perceptive to that and just say hey like let's just call a square a square like i know where you're coming from i know what you're feeling right now i'm kind of in this boat too this is what we just have to do right now yeah, she's trying to manipulate him. And she doesn't have Rachel to. is a puncher. Aldrea is trying to manipulate Dak because she still kind of sees him as not an equal, I feel like, at this point. And he sees right through her every time. Yeah. Yeah. I think she, like, she, like you said, like, she doesn't need that. Like, he would, like, they're in something together and she thinks the only way she can get him to cooperate is once she has to manipulate him. And it's like, girl, like, let it go. I care about you. Like, let it go. <laughs> Cue seal well, yeah. song. <laughs> and it's almost like, because uh, he says earlier in part one that she he can't talk to anybody anymore. Like, he knows that. Nobody can think, keep up with what he thinks and feels now within his race. It's only Aldrea that really can communicate with him on his same level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I uh, I did voice to text for this one. And it sometimes is a little like I missed the autocorrect that I needed to do. Um, Okay, so they both continue down so far into the deep that the mist, the blue mist, starts to thin. 
Aldrea notes that the atmosphere in the deep and the atmosphere above are different, and the blue mist is probably a byproduct of the two atmospheres meeting and interacting with each other. This is where I had a the- what moment, because I thought it was just going to go straight down to like an earth core or something like that. And no, there's like a whole another layer down here. <laughs> whoop, whoop, yeah. whoop. The ground's... The ground starts to level off and they even see streams of water running through uh, the land nearby. The cliff, uh, about a quarter mile ahead, the ground drops off into a sheer cliff. They approach the chasm and see an entire stone city. Um, It looks abandoned, but they can see windows, doors, walkways, arches, and open spaces. Thousands of feet below all this incredible construction, maybe tens of thousands of feet, was the valley floor, which glows enough to light the blue mist above. And that's the core of the planet so the core of the planet lights the blue mist so it looks like the sky and it looks like daytime all the time oh that's fun and and that's the end of that chapter okay we're gonna head into another esplin chapter okay so Mm -hmm. we're gonna rewind time a little bit um so this chapter starts with esplin on the ground um his spine split in two still (laughs) yeah Dak. Deck, deck did that. <laughs> yeah. So back back yeah. when that confrontation happened, um, laying there, cannot move uh, the lower part of his body. And uh, Esplin learns a very important lesson about being a host body and tapping into someone's nervous system. Um, a host body can be hurt and the pain cannot be filtered out. <laughs> so <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> um, yeah. So Good. You need to feel that pain that you caused. Right. Um, so... Uh, in a lot of pain right now, laying on the ground. Um, obviously, the Horkbajir, he's not healing from this. The body's not healing from this. Not like the scrape to the head that <laughs> um, Jara did. Um, Tis but a scratch. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, Espen's laying there for hours, helpless. No one came <laughs> until a long time later. It's like, they just forgot about me, these damn bitches. Um, and obviously was, you know, taken out of uh, the Horkbajir, um, put into a pool again, and he get, uh, gets interrogated about where the Andalite girl go? How many uh, Horkbajir were with her? Where's Karger? You know, all this stuff. Basically, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Um, over and over again. And so basically, uh, the Yorks are basically like, okay, the Andalite girl is dead. Like, you know, they just assume because she went into the mist as well. They're, you know, their Andalites are, I mean, they're not Andalites, their Yorks are dead from that. And, um, you know, they're like, uh, Esplan is like not convinced because he knows a lot about Andalites. He knows they're smart, they're cunning, and they're strong. Um, and so he doesn't think that Aldrea is dead. And um, everybody brushes this off, you know. And so until like a few days later, when um, enough work pressure had been taken again, he was given a new host body. And basically, you know, they had sent parties into the blue mess and they've, you know, all been killed by the monsters. And so they're like, yeah, you're, you know, you're starting to think maybe you're a little bit right, maybe. Um, she might be actually still be alive. Um, so Actor orders him to, to destroy her. And um, uh, Esplan's like, well, what's my reward if I do? And Actor's like, you will be made a subvisor. I was like, really? That's it? Just a subvisor? Mm-hmm. And Actor's like, how many troops will you need? And Esplan is like, none. I'm going to go as a spy, not a conqueror. I'm going to infiltrate the Hork Bajir, find Andalite, and kill her. Um, but this is also a cover for his more, um, I don't want to say insidious plot, but his real plot, which is basically... Ulterior motive. Ulterior motive, thank you. Yeah. Uh, to acquire an Andalite host body because Esplan has realized that um, 
from now on, like the host body would be an indication of power. And he's seeing that there's already lines between the Yerks, the Geds, and the Hork-Bashir. And so to him, the Andalites are like the epitome, like the penultimate, you know, species. Like a, the ultimate status symbol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's his mission now. He's going to get the Andalite. He wants Aldrea's body. Um, and so that's why he's, he's going to infiltrate, try to learn about them, see if he can find them. And then take over her body. And then one day he's like, I'll be made a visitor with an Andalite host. Who knows? Maybe on the Council of Thirteen <laughs> one day. So I'm asking, my question to you guys is, did you realize who Esplin is by this point? Yes. <laughs> no, really? I want to know. Karger was the one who died by the Jebba Jebba in the mist, right? Yes. Correct. Okay, there was a third hork that originally... Because remember, there are three hork taken from the neighboring tribe, and they were infested by Yerks. Was that third one ever come up again? I think... Act- oh, no, not Actor. Maybe just wasn't there. Yeah, okay. Just ended up being the two kind of played out throughout the series. That I was curious about. Because uh, I'm like, oh, is Cargovisor one? And I'm like, no, I think he dies. Yeah, I think he really does die. I, I think, <laughs> by the monster in the mist. I think Visor one's a little too smart and tame to be Carter. <laughs> uh yeah that was also my other thought was like okay so when does Vizzer one come into play because Vizzer one's obviously way it's that Vizzer one's smarter than Esplin or you know uh spoiler Vizzer three <laughs> because like Vizzer one has the wherewithal to actually go and learn infiltrate uh earth and and any other like you know yeah but conquering we've... We, we uh, a, a species they want to conquer, you know what I mean? We see later, though, that Esplin also doesn't care for that method so much either. He thinks it's so slow and yeah, tedious. Yeah, he, he'd rather be brash and... Do it by and, force. Yeah. Just... Well, because he plans to infiltrate the Hork-Bajir and then quickly realizes that's not necessary. They're pretty So I think easy maybe to he's applying... Over. Yeah, they, it was yeah, obviously no concept of violence, betrayal, like mistrust. It's just like, or even it was having it's like, just come here, let me show you this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they, they were, they're pretty docile and thus easy for him to take over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we flip back over to Aldrea for chapter nineteen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Aldrea explains that the Hork-Bajir homeworld is split up into three parts: the Hork-Bajir land above, the misty land of the monsters in the middle, and below the mist where the stone city is. Dak and Aldrea explore this empty city, careful to stay away from the edge of the cliff. Aldrea does note that if she fell, she would be incinerated long before she hit the bottom. She's not necessarily comforted by that fact, but also (laughs) she would probably have time to morph the Chadu and glide over to the wall and climb back up. So whatever. Or or (laughs) if it's a core, there's heat, there's waves, thermals, thermals, guys. Thermals! Drift drift up on the thermals. Yeah, we haven't been able to play bingo yet, this this bug. (laughs) Yeah. They both agree that they need to rest for the evening, and they choose this large cavern with a high ceiling to do so, um, because neither of them really like to have ceilings above them. Dak notes that the flat, horizontal angle of the floor is a bit disturbing to him, yeah. <laughs> which is funny. Um, well, actually, they don't think the Yerks- do, you, do you ever get that sensation when you're like kind of in a space that's like different than what you're used to, and you get... I don't know. It's like your sea legs versus your land legs, for sure. For me, it's because grew up in such kind of like a a foothill region where you always have like a lot on the horizon, always kind of jutting out and surrounding you. Anywhere I'm in a place where it's uber flat and you see all the horizon around you, I don't like it. I kind of get freaked out. (laughs) That's that's the thing. That's the actual thing. I don't like it. Yeah, it's just like nothing's 
naturally around to protect me. It's like some sort of like really innate, weird biological thing. <laughs> yeah, the mountains are protective for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Dak and Aldrea don't think the Yerks will come after them this evening, but they still take turns keeping watch. Aldrea keeps the first watch and reflects on the day's events, as well as some possible plans for the future. She knows the only way they can get help from the Andalites is to communicate to them through Z-Space, because any other type of communication would take decades. Um, she also watches Dax sleep, and so apparently Horkbashir are kind of just like sit back on their tail and put their head down so that their horns are forward, their arms stick their blades outward, and the tail spikes from the back and so she notes that he would be hard to attack while sleeping also doesn't cut Um, himself while sleeping yeah um he said uh so she says he said he would do anything for me he'd said it in a way that no that was ridiculous we were different species totally completely different and yet i enjoyed spending time with him i enjoyed talking with him i missed him when we were separated perfect aldrea i laughed to myself He's covered with blades. He'll soon be seven feet tall. He eats with his mouth and he swings through the trees. I was just lonely. That was it. There were no Andalite males around, and I was at the appropriate age for an interest in males. If there had been an interesting Andalite around, I'd have cared nothing about Dak. Tarzan. Dak uh-huh. is probably nicer than any other Andalite male you'd meet there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. So far. She notes that it took them two months to get from the Andalite homeworld to here, so two months if she could reach her people. And if she could not reach her people, could Dak reach his? Could the simple placid Horkbashir be made to rise up and save themselves? Was Dak Hami the seer ready to become Dak Hami the general? All right, chapter 20 is Dak. It is. So, in the middle of the night, Dak woke and told Aldrea to sleep while he took watch. He could not believe all the terrible things he had seen that night. He did not believe Aldrea was bad, not like the Yerks, but she had lied to him. Dak knew Aldrea was an Andalite first and his friend second, and that she was hungry for revenge. He knew what he had to do. He had to save his people, but he had no idea how. He stood thinking for hours as the light slowly changed in the cave. Dak thought this was odd, and he looked up. There really was light trickling down into the cave, not glowing light from the blue uh, fog above, but daylight, even though he knew there were thousands of feet of rock above him. He woke Aldrea up. They moved to the shaft of light and looked straight up to actually clear open sky thousands of feet above them. The shaft uh, where the light shone uh, shimmered down, reflecting off of something or some things. The wall of the cavern started to become more clear in the light. They were covered in patterns of strange colors. Blues, greens, orange. Dak peered close and realized that these colorful objects on the walls had short wings, arms, feet, heads, even eyes. They're alive, Aldrea cried. All the creatures woke up on the wall. Ten thousand eyes opened. They gently flew down to Dak and Aldrea. They look like large chadus, but way more colorful. The creatures actually began to walk past Dak and Aldrea, ignoring them and heading calmly out of the cavern and walking along the walkways outside. One in brilliant purple waddled up and spoke to them. What are you doing here? He asked. He speaks my language, Dak said to Aldrea. How I communicate is irrelevant, he said, or she said. You heard me. You understand? Therefore, answer my question. (laughs) Uh, we, I mean, we, I am from above, Dak said. Yes, yes, I'm not an idiot. You are a hork What are you doing here, hork There are no trees here. There's no bark for you to eat. Dak shrugged. He looked at Aldrea, waiting for her to jump in, but she seemed to take him back as he was. 
They were chasing us. We came here to escape. Who was chasing you? The creature asked. Yerks, Aldrea said. What are you? He asked Aldrea. I am an Andalite. This is not your place, Andalite. It is not your place, Orkbajir. Leave. The creature turned and began walking away. No, Dax said. The creature stopped. No. No, Dax said firmly. You will explain who you are, what this place is. We are Arn, the creature said. I am Quartzin... <laughs> Inacock. <laughs> nope, okay, can't do it. Quats Quats I call him Q. That's a quattle. Quat. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with Quats I tried. Sure. Guys, I tried. It's a lot of letters. <laughs> uh, there's there's Qs in there, there's Ds, there's a lot of Ns and Ks. Uh, <laughs> Quats Do you realize that the Horkbegier don't even know you exist? Aldrea demanded. Of course they don't. We don't want them to know. That's why we created the very species of the creatures who live in the zone of separation. We want to keep the Horkbegier on their side of the zone. Now I must go. I have work to do. Quats My people need me. <laughs> Marched away. Dak grabbed the Arn's arm. <laughs> I like how he uh, just uh, yells. She she grabs his arm. He's like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Quatsinagon. I was like, ah. Uh, and Dax said, answer our questions. Quatsinagon wailed that their balance would now be broken. They've upset everything. But he told them what they wanted to know. And then Dak later wished he had not. We are on to an Aldrea chapter. Woo. So the Ar- I keep, ca- I call him the Arn or Q in my notes. Hey, I mean, okay. Q makes sense. Although, but after referring to the Elemist as Q, that makes it a little confusing because the Arn are definitely not Elemists. <laughs> yeah. Um, although they seem to think they are. The Arn, so the Arn- are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're about to find out about those, those people. Okay. The urn leads them down a hallway to an extremely dusty laboratory that contains long rows of cylinders and a computer. The urn explains that 12,000 years ago, the asteroid that hit the planet was an un- in an unstable orbit. The urn knew it would hit, so they built a spacecraft to escape into orbit. There are species interested more in biology instead of physics, so they didn't really have the technology to escape their solar system and look for a new planet. After the asteroid finally hit, most of the atmosphere on the planet was gone. A few thousand Arn were frozen in stasis on the moon and awoke to find the entire species was dead and that the planet was unbreathable, except for in the valleys. However, the atmosphere there was unstable and they needed a way to control the chemistry of the air. The trees, Eldrea guesses. She knows where this story is going and sneaks a look at Dak. She isn't sure whether or not she should stop the Arn from speaking before he reveals the truth. I thought that the hork had evolved naturally. This was a surprise to me. Yeah. I thought it was like, I thought it was a great reveal. I was yeah, like, yeah, kudos. And like I mentioned, the Chadu is like peaceful and calm. So like... You know, all of the creatures are peaceful and calm, except for the monsters. Quetzinicon continues that after the trees were created, they needed to be cared for. So that's when they created the hork Also, my autocorrect when I was, spe- I was speaking into the voice-to-text, and it kept autocorrecting hork to horse brazier. Brazier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't try that much anymore because autocorrect from like Siri and stuff like that, it sucks so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I end up cursing more at my autocorrect more <laughs> often than I act for, for dictation than I actually do get anything successfully done. <laughs> yeah, this one was particularly difficult. I did get it to say to do hork and Dak, but it really wants to say Algeria for Altrea. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ducking autocorrect. Uh, 
Um, so the Arn created the hork and created the monsters in the deep to keep the hork separate from the Arn. Aldrea is angry at the arrogance that Quatsinicon shows, but Dak gets straight to the point as usual. You created the hork he asks. Yes, Quatsinicon said, or at least my people did. Then you need us, Dak said flatly. Quatsinicon looked warily at the towering hork Yes, I suppose that's true. The hork will be destroyed, enslaved, and taken from this planet, Dak said. You will lose your tree herders. The Yurks are already destroying us. Dak also guesses that the Arn have some sort of mechanism to control the monsters in the deep, which makes sense, so they don't, like, you know, kill the Arn. And that's when Quetzinicon realizes that Dak is a seer and reveals that one in 10,000 hork is born with an extremely high intelligence, which was kind of an error in their code when they created the hork Dak tells the Arn that the Yurks will come for them next, applying they should turn the deep, the monsters from the deep, on the Yurks. And later, Aldrea compliments Dak and says, You have learned to go right to the point. You've learned to always keep your own goals in mind and not be distracted. Yes, he said, I'm beginning to learn ruthlessness. I have a very good example to follow. Burn! <laughs> and she pretends like he means the Yurks. Uh, the Yurks are a good example of ruthlessness, huh? Yeah. And Dax, and Dax smiles, and that's the end of the chapter. He's kind of pissed at her for lying and using him. And He is in the right to be pissed about her for yeah, a for lot sure. of things. Yes. But right now, all they have is each other. Yep. And we cut to um, Esplin. Yep. Time again to go here. Okay. So, Esplin. Um <laughs> So last time we left Esplan off, he, he was going to infiltrate the Hork-Bajir and find out more information, track uh, Aldrea and dock down, but then also um, infest uh, more Hork-Bajir. Um, he was surprised it was so pitifully easy. So his new host body is named Fet Mashar. Um, he, his friends had seen him been taken into the fighter and they seen him dragged away by the Geds and they were like, oh, you're back. I am back. Cool, you're back. Great. <laughs> like and end of conversation <laughs> like yeah it's not like what happened to you oh my god he's like yep i'm back it's fine object permanence <laughs> not exactly a thing <laughs> close to it um so esplin is really realizing that um the yurks just have this great advantage because um <laughs> Sorry, they're just so, so, so easy. Um, so basically, about the, you know, they could come across species that are smarter, more powerful, or more dangerous than the hork um, which could be a problem. But in those cases, what they do is they infiltrate slowly, like humans infiltrate slowly, one host at a time, build slowly. Um, our victims will never know what happens until it's too late. But with the hork that's not necessary <laughs> at all. They're just simply, you know, set up a ground base open a business and you know they're capturing and investing hundreds of hork a day so it's just that easy for them and it's aldrea he learns about it by taking you know over the hork that are close to the seer dakami and everything they learn about aldrea and uh, being the seer and about how aldrea is a daughter of prince Ciro and the irony about that about the full Ciro, who had blathered on about peace and brotherhood while Akdor and the others had prepared to attack, had a daughter. Obviously, the daughter was less of a fool than the father had been. And, you know, she's going to basically try to lead them to their death. It's, it's a whole, the, the, the layers, the web, it's, it's thick. So they also created a New York pool and uh, had not been easy to create. Basically, they took one of those giant, they took the, the hork home tree, I believe it was, and... No, 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 they didn't. They took one of the, the sounding tree. tree. Yeah, they yeah. took one of the singing trees 
cut that down. It rolled down and then it was south by two big trees. They hollowed it out. I mean, this thing is thousands of feet tall, but they... Yeah, it, it gets, thousands of feet long at this point. It's, yeah. it's insane. And through like whittling it down and making it a pool, I think it only becomes like a, a few hundred feet um, yeah, to begin with. And then it becomes a few hundred feet. They make it this giant pool and they... Uh, you know, it's basically going to be, you know, giant, giant yerk pool. So now they're going to be able to hold and infest many, many um, hork Then they start building ships using the hork bodies because they're not clumsy like the gads. So that's what they start doing. Um, and then he's, you know, uh, Esplan's convinced, you know, in his lifetime, you know, they could attack, defeat, and enslave the Andalites. So that's a scary thought. But that's basically... That's very um, confident. Mm-hmm. That's basically uh, Esplan's goal. I think a long time, long term goal for like the empire, but obviously I think personal goal is short term get the Andalite host body and then probably be like Visor One or Council of Thirteen. So like you know different different layers of goals. So with you got to take a big goal and break it down to smaller obtainable goals. And then you have this one line, you know, uh, Esplan is standing on the edge of the pool, joking with his twin. Uh, yes, of course I am a twin, but I am the primary. He is the secondary. Morgan, what a about that was it like who was born first or like what's the what's the thing with primary versus secondary here i think it's more of like a rank i don't know if it has to do with which one was born first but we'll find that out in book 17 because you're like i will remind me you said they all come together from three parents and then sort of split off from there and they spawn hundreds. He he says in his chapter, it's like three Yurk bodies merge, die, and then split off into hundreds of like a couple hundred Yurks. So they have siblings, but twin, maybe they all split. And then split like with humans, they split again. Yeah. And that makes them a, a twin. Yeah. Huh. Um, but I don't know what makes one primary and one secondary because I forgot. Maybe, and I think that gets answered later. Maybe the split wasn't completely equal. Like maybe, maybe. ended up with more like just mass or something or something, something, something. Um, okay. <laughs> so basically then he hears cries. Ah, help, help, help me, help me. Help me. You know, obviously, Esplan's like, the fuck is this? And then he you know, sees hork and Gads running towards them, stumbling as they ran. And he, uh, Esplan readies his shredder, or loosens his shredder in its holster, which I'm like, cowboy, uh, <laughs> uh, cowboy hork Um And then they appeared. You have no possible idea how horrifying that sight was. A line of creatures advanced, but creatures like nothing I'd ever imagined. Huge, freakish, foul creatures with twisted bodies and massive heads and bristling horns. And I'm convinced that Visitor 3 acquired some of these creatures. Or has I mean... The Jabba Jabba. Anybody anybody that gets acquiring morphing powers better be acquiring these creatures because, oh. jeezies, there's some fun ones. Cool Actually, monsters. we're going to go in here. Actually, he did because that vine yeah, creature. Yeah, because of the uh, the vine creature. The Laird Athak. Yeah. The Athak, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So he does acquire some of them. And I think maybe the Jabba Jabba is like the creature that ate that he used to eat. Um, That's exactly what I wrote in my notes, but then I went and looked, and different. that was the Antarian bog. Oh, that's right. Okay. Oh, okay. Which he says the name of it in the first one. He just has so many horrifying monsters. <laughs> because the um, the one with the big mouth, or I don't think the Jubba Jubba, there's another creature that basically swallows like a whole hork and so I was like, oh, maybe that's the one, and I went and looked it up. Antarian Bog is the one that ate Elfangor. Mm-hmm. From a moon, I think it was actually, too, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, because he was bragging, like, I found this on the moon. Blah, 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 blah. 
Mm-hmm. And then went swallow burp. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, for army, the army he uh, absolutely thinks is frightening, but none more frightening than the small bluish purple figure standing at the head of this mob, a single Andalite girl. Besides her stood a lumbering hork bajir. This is um, where it gets weird. Mm-hmm. She seemed beautiful to me. Is that strange? I suppose it is. But here is a compelling beauty in the sight of someone seemingly so small and yet so dangerous. And even I, her enemy, could not help being impressed by the sweet irony of it all. Ciro, who had freed us without knowing his peril, was now replaced by Aldrea, who would send us back to the York pools or to death. Yes, there was something beautiful in that small, delicate, dangerous creature. Someday I would tell her how I'd felt at this awful moment. Someday I would live inside her head, and I would tell her that I had admired her on this day. Someday, when she was my host. Yeah, and he's all gross about, like, yeah, he's like, oh, she's so beautiful. And I think that, like, with the gender situation is, like, extra gross in this chapter, at least. It's that yeah. my impression. Puts the lotion in the basket or it gets the hose again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so now we go back to Aldrea, and she says it took them a day to learn the mind control techniques that aren't used to control their monsters. Mind amplifier implants were placed just under the skin of their scalps. They trained at broadcasting simple commands and simple images to the, quote, genetic freaks the Arn had created. They use the word freaks a lot, eh, but I guess that's what the hork or what the Andalites believe in Yurks. So these monsters um, aren't just like their own species, like the Chabu or the Hork-Bajir that can just like live on this planet. They, after they were, quote, they, they were created by the Arn, they they don't act unclear. as species. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure like, what do they eat? Because they're giant and they need to keep their biomass. So and they don't, I don't seem know to be they... like, given that much sentience about their existence. Yeah, she says... Um, Aldrea does when she morphs one of them that it's just like attack and destroy and that's the only like vibe they have um, still cool morphs acquire all of them <laughs> <laughs> right so I'm going to describe we've got the Jubba Jubba the three fingered monstrosity that had attacked us the Galilash a 14 feet tall monster with green and red reptilian flesh and razored tentacles there's the mist again the Gorks only three feet tall but 20 feet across shuffling 12 legged horrors with snapping extending mouths on all sides that's my least favorite <laughs> that one gross I was um, trying to pick I was trying to picture that I'm like it's like a table a giant flat yeah. long table, <laughs> table with mouths with like, mouths I don't know I was like I was like why make it so big that just seems to be too cumbersome seems like they just had fun with it <laughs> I mean who said they had no sense of humor what if this could just occupy a lot of space and eat a lot <laughs> all at once <laughs> Uh, there was a monster called a Lairdathak, which we saw from Book 11, a tangle mm-hmm. of vines surrounded by a ravening mouth. There was etc. <laughs> She's like, and more others. Aldrea and Dak advance towards the Yurk pool with their horde of monsters behind them. Aldrea is like ready to go, but Dak is hesitant. He knows his people will be afraid, but Aldrea encourages him to teach them how to fight alongside them. The hork are hiding above the group. In the trees, Aldrea tells Dak to call out to them. So Dak says, Do not fear. I am Dak Hami. I am the seer, sent to teach and to lead. Do not be afraid. These monsters will not harm you. We go to destroy the invaders. We go to kill the Yerks. But the hork still clung to the bark and the branches. Follow us, Dak cried. Stay in the trees, but follow us. Watch us and learn. So Aldrea yells to all of them. 
Watch your seer. Watch him and do as he does. He is the seer. The seer has been sent to lead you. Watch him and do as he does. Watch Dak Hammy and do as he does. Do as he does. Do as he does. And Dak says, you've come to understand we hork very well in a, sort, in a short time. A simple repeated message for a simple people. Oh. And he's still, like, pissed at her. Yeah. And I think pissed, like, last week, Jason... Maybe Jason and one of you guys said that um, Esplin was kind of ashamed of being a Yurk. And I think Dak is also ashamed of being a hork And then later, Aldrea becomes ashamed of being an Andalite. So I think there's a lot of that going on here. Shame. Um, you can't shame. be shamed for your people. Yeah. As they approach the camp, Aldrea explains they need to get to the nearest spacecraft to send a message to the Andalite fleet. She also tells him to remember that the hork in that camp are not hork They are controllers. Dak has a really great response. Yeah. Dak nodded his horned head. Have you fought in many battles, Aldrea? I was surprised by the question. No, of course not. But I have studied... Dak interrupts her and says, Have you ever killed a fellow Andalite? No? Why would you... He interrupts her again. You ask me to kill my own people today and to lead my people in killing their brothers. You say they are not hork but Yurks. But when the dead have given up their souls to Mother Sky... There will be hork bodies lying dead. Dak, we've been over this, I exploded. It's too late to be worrying about all that. This is war. If you want your people to survive, you will... And he interrupts her a third time. Be quiet, Aldrea. He didn't shout. He said it calmly in a low voice. These are my people who will die today. Be quiet, Andalite. Be quiet. Yep. That was appropriate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it really also why the hork aren't super stoked on the Andalites either. I mean, we see later in the book, but I, again, it's where it's very much like they returned from, I mean, the Yurks are also the blame too, but they returned from peaceful, you know, non-warring people into like killers. Yeah. Later we see Jaggle, I believe, saying like, I'm a Yurk killer, you know, mm-hmm. and and it's like kind of heartbreaking that they were so peaceful and then forced to be killers. Yeah, both species, the Yurks and Andalites, made them killers in different ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I get Aldrea here. I think her motivation is very understandable, but she's still not thinking of the hork as people. To Plus, her, Dak is the only important hork while the other ones are just tools. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a theme that's also within the Animorphs timeline as well of just... By the end of the day, yeah, let's kill controllers or, you know, there's controllers that are getting hit by consequence, but those were still originally own beings with own bodies and own minds that have still fallen in the casualty of this. Like, it's uh, forgetting the... Humanity. Humanity. For lack of a better word. For lack of a better word for describing alien beings in their uh, own consciousness. (laughs) Yeah, and not to mention the animals, too. I mean, at least Cassie brings it up. Which I know me and Jason feel similarly, like, obviously they're not taking over, but they're at least calling the question of, like, hey, is what, this what the it, same? It, yeah, is this uh, also taking over, you know? It feels like we're taking over a body because, like, for instance, when she had to, like, uh, Rachel had that allergic reaction to morphing with that uh, crocodile, she ended up, you know burping a whole whole crocodile out of her that had its own sentience and its own being into existence yeah. uh, because she had acquired that DNA to form such an animal in the first place anyway. So there seems to be some ties of no... At least parallels that we're asking the question. Because of Yerks and Andalites with their morphing technology and parasitic, how 
are andalites parasites or or there's there begs the question of not actually respecting other life forms to yeah. begin with and that's where we're gonna stop this week um that's yeah. end of chapter 23 next week we're gonna finish up with the end of the hort bajir war i guess the we battle call it. commences <laughs> yeah i mean if you would like well we'll be recording this before you can get to us but tell us your thoughts about this book did you think it was good did you like it hopefully you read it <laughs> is it your favorite of the um chronicles, chronicles books let me know at Morgan underscore Slay, or you can speak directly to all of us at Middlemorph on Twitter. Also check out my other podcast, Are You Serious? A Journey Through Bad Reddit Relationships, where we get mad all the time. Because <laughs> all Reddit relationships are bad. <laughs> yeah. Leave him, girl, leave, leave him. him. <laughs> uh, Jason, how can people get in touch with you? Um, they can get in touch with me on Twitter at, uh, at Bottomus Underprime. Wait. At bottomus underscore prime. You did it. <laughs> yeah, tweet at me. Um, Kate, how can people get in touch with you? Well, thank you. Uh, I am not on social media. So continuing on from last week's episode in terms of all technology, you can communicate me uh, with like maybe like an, a pager or a beeper uh, <laughs> since, you know, <laughs> we were talking about uh, a uh, book in the past timeline. So might as well communicate with me the past past technology but if you don't happen to have a beeper or pager on you you can email us at middlemorph at gmail.com yeah and yeah like i said next week we're going to be finishing up the hork chronicles and then if you're trying to get ahead the week after that we're going to do book number 14 the unknown right Ooh. the unknown yeah the unknown we what's, i keep like a lot of her a lot of Cassie's books are The Unknown, The Secret, and The Prophecy, and The Hidden, like a lot of mysterious words. I mean, some of, we've gone over, some of the titles are like, how is this relevant to the description of actually the story in this particular book? (laughs) Oh yeah, this one's relevant. Can we we go to Area 51? What? (laughs) No, are you being, wait, are you being facetious? No. I mean, they call it Zone 91, uh, but yeah. Um, J- non-copyright infringement area 51. Can, so, but before that, we're finishing this book. But wait, oh, for, for next episode, we need to remember to put in some X-Files music then. There we go. Oh, for that, for yes, 100%. A non-copyright infringement. X-Files music. X-Files music. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I was a kid, that theme music scared the shit out of me. I couldn't be in the same room. I was so scared. Oh. I did, like, just the theme music scared I me i mean i could understand that, show. that i love that show <laughs> yeah i'm sure i would have liked it had i actually watched it but it was presented as like so scary so instead i watched so weird which is the x-files for kids on the disney channel that a couple episodes featured the actor who plays cassie in the animorphs tv show oh. bringing it back around baby <laughs> wow you really did that <laughs> <laughs> which i just noticed that um the actor who plays Jake and also Iceman in X-Men is mm-hmm. in, like, a new procedural, I think. Like an NCIS or something. Oh, no way. Oh, okay. That's who played Jake? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We oh, talked about God. this. Teenage heartthrob. Yeah. And then the, the actor who plays Rachel, the only thing that she's in that I'm aware of is, like, a single episode of, of Supernatural. And I think she's also in, like, a scary movie or something. Like, scary movie three or four or something, like, not good. I do she's, love some Supernatural. 
supernatural would be fun uh anyway guys okay. we'll, we'll, we'll see you see next you week wrapping up the hork bajir chronicles and uh the war between the yurks is really beginning so let's do it i'll see you next week bye bye bye, bye.